Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings, and it is week one. Yes, there were some week zero games, absolutely, but it's week one. Everybody is playing this week, and you have come to the right podcast. Whether you're listening or whether you're watching us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, we are going to break down the biggest games in college football. And we're going to do so by talking about the best prospects for the teams involved and we are going to pick the games against the spread. And by we, I primarily mean he, Emery Hunt, at F-Ball Game Plan. The man is everywhere. What's the word? Is that ubiquitous? I don't know. Omnipresent. He is everywhere. He's Football Game Plan on YouTube, and he's at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. Really highly encourage you to make sure you're following us for a couple of reasons. Number one, that's how you get the couple highlight clips that we think are the best of the best from each show. Number two, I'm giving away some Maddens this week. You ever heard of Madden video game franchise? Of course you have. Make sure you're following at Ross Tucker Pod and at Ross Tucker NFL so that you have a shot at getting some of that Madden codes. You don't have to buy it this year. You can just get a free code from me if you're following along on social media. You also, by the way, should absolutely check out Emery's Draft Guide. You can already pre-order the one for 2023, which makes sense because that's the prospects we're talking about now. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 Draft Guide. It really begins in earnest this week, Emery. How are you? I'm doing fine, Ross. It really does, man. Last week was the appetizer. This week is the, the entree in terms of what we're going to see, um, you know, for college football. And, and there's a lot of great games lined up in week one. I love when it sets up like this. Uh, week zero was created for um, these big marquee games, but it has really become week one uh, as the marquee games. I'm glad we got some great ones. So a couple of things that need to be said, Emery. Number one, 
College football is tough now, bro. I'm watching Nebraska Northwestern. <laughs> Nebraska's quarterback hands it off is a transfer from Texas. Hands it off to a running back who was the JUCO player of the year. His first two passes go to an LSU transfer. The next pass go. I mean, so I'll give you an example. I'm actually watching the game, the end of the game, uh, right before I get on the Eagles team bus, Emory, to go to um, the Dolphin Stadium for the preseason game, Dolphins-Eagles. And the table next to me is Cam Jurgens, who's a stud second-round pick for the Eagles, but he played for Nebraska last year. And I was like, Cam, the, all these guys are like transfers. He's like – he was like, I don't know who half of them are. I mean, and he played for the team last year. You know, watching the game – because he wasn't there for spring ball. You know, he left school early. By the way, side note, Emery, when they announced this game a year ago, his parents bought flights, hotel, everything – because Cam had two more years eligibility. They're like, oh, that's great. We'll go from Nebraska to Ireland. We'll get to see our son play. So they bought everything. He's like, uh, he had to tell him a little bit later, Mom, Dad, I, I might not be playing in that game. Because <laughs> he left school early. Um, but it's uh, – I mean, I don't know how you do it. It, it is very hard. And obviously, I'm, I'm studying – I'll give you an example. We'll get to this. I'm studying for UAB, Alabama A&M. On Thursday night on CBS Sports Network, that reminds me, I must DVR that. DVR <laughs> Thursday night. And Alabama A&M signed 38 guys on National Signing Day. 36 are transfers. They signed two high school guys. They have 36 transfers. I mean, it is – and I'm not mad at the kids – I'm not mad at the coaches. It's just hard to keep track. It's just hard to follow it. It really is, man. And, you know, it's so tough because you used to go into a season kind of understanding who was still on the roster, and that way you already have a head start on what to expect from the team. Then you may have the freshman of influence coming in or the JUCO transfer um, coming in, but now the entire team could be, the whole roster could be turned over, and you're looking at it in a completely different team uh, the following season. And in Alabama A&M's case, it's unique because you try to go on their website, you have to really work hard to find an updated roster, because there isn't one. You know, they still have 2021's roster up on the website, and when you have 38 transfers, you may find yourself in a situation like Florida A&M found themselves in uh, going into that North Carolina game where the, the eligibility or the clearinghouse may have an issue and guys may or may not be eligible to play right away. And so who knows what team is going to show up out there for Alabama A&M. And, you know, it's going to be tough uh, because of all the different transfers coming in. One of the transfers was a quarterback, uh, a highly touted one that I was excited to see. But he decided mid-spring or summer to retire from football. And um, so he's no longer on the team. Jaron Williams. Jaron Williams. Yeah, Williams was supposed to be – he was supposed to be the starter. You know, and so now you wonder, okay, what do they have, you know, after him? Uh, how will these impact players mesh together? Because there's no preseason in college football. So it's going to be tough, man. It, it makes college football very hard to – uh, predict or you know just try to 
take a, a, a stab at what we're going to see out there on the field. Well, and that was the other point I was going to make. So point number one is it's hard to follow along. I mean, obviously the diehards do because the diehards of their team, because they're, they see all the transfers coming in. But for people like you and I that, you know, we follow it, but we're not just following one team. We're following a million teams. It is really, really hard. The other thing is, I think it adds to the unpredictability, right? Everybody thought Nebraska was going to beat Northwestern. Everybody. Like, that That was, I mean, they were favorites. Everybody's picking them. Northwestern won up front, man. Northwestern won the battle up front. Uh, you know, late in that game, never did I think I'd see the day where Northwestern is just running the ball down the Cornhuskers' throat, Emory. I mean, that, that was a bad look for Nebraska. Yeah, I got a chance to watch it last night. And, and I was just amazed at how they were getting mowed down across the across the pond, so to speak, it, against the Northwestern team. And it wasn't like trick, you know, I won't say trick gadget runs like a wing T type deal. It was straight inside zone, straight outside zone. Guys not getting off blocks. Guys just getting, you know, moved from position to position. You know, there was one play where you saw Northwestern take – a D lineman and move him to safety. I was like, man, I've never seen Nebraska this blown off the ball. And their defense coming into this game was supposed to be the strength. And it is it was hard to watch the back end of that game and then realizing that they had an eleven point lead earlier. It's like, wow, they really just the turnover, the onside kick, and then they just get dominated up front. It was just so Hard to believe and watch. And and now if you're Northwestern, getting that win, you're like, okay, cool. We can go into the Big Ten now. We got a, a nice upset win. Um, maybe this is a team that I don't want to say it's the 95 Northwestern team where they went on this magical run. That's not going to happen ever again in the Big Ten um, with how the Big Ten is constructed. But, man, they could now see themselves as a potential threat. Uh, to at least get to another Big Ten championship game, which we've seen, what, two years ago? So this is a team that now we have to take seriously. Or it could be Nebraska maybe just be bad again. Let's get to some of the games this week, because I love this. We've got some really good ones, and I I can't wait to get your thoughts on the best players and against the spread. Let's start with Oregon at Georgia. Speaking, by the way, of transfers, Oregon's quarterback is Bo Nix. Yes, the same Bo Nix that beat Oregon and Justin Herbert as a true freshman like seven years ago is now Oregon's quarterback. Tell me about the guys for Oregon, Bo Nix and their center, Alex Forsythe. I'll start with Forsythe. He's the one that has legit NFL potential. You, If you watched the Ohio State game last year, a lot of their big runs came right up the middle uh, because he's doing a great job of just locking and turning these defensive linemen. He's getting great movement up front. Um, he's not fooled by stunts or twists or whatnot uh, in pass pro. So he's rock solid as a center. So that's great for Bo Nix, who, you know, there's levels to America's quarterback, right? You know, the 2012 version we saw, or the 2013 version we saw, it was Jameis Winston. You know, and then it just progresses from there. At one point in time, Bo Nix was America's quarterback. Scrappy, you know, just make plays. It, it may be unconventional, uh, but then he just fell out of favor 
at Auburn because the same things that make you laugh make you cry, right? And so he, <laughs> he was one of those type of guys for Auburn. Now he goes to Oregon, and it's not the same Oregon. You know, it's not you know Mario Cristobal and those guys out there. It's not Chip Kelly or whatnot. So we don't know what to expect. But if you're Bo Nix, you have a chance to rewrite your narrative, and this is the type of game that you can do that against. We saw them going into the horseshoe last year and beat Ohio State. Can they go into Athens and, and knock out Georgia? Um, and this is a guy that's familiar with this opponent playing in the SEC, playing in the oldest, the deep south oldest rivalry um, with Auburn. And so I'm it's interested to see how Bo Nix does, because to me, Bo Nix has a chance to, to really um, change some narratives about his game. So this is someone that I'd be interested to watch. Pretty remarkable that Georgia lost all those studs on defense, and they still have like three projected first-round picks, including a guy that some people think might go number one overall, Jalen Carter. Is he that good, Emery? He's really good, man. He's I think he's better than um, you know what we saw last year uh, from their defensive linemen. I think he's someone that people understood. Like, well, yeah, these guys, Walker is good, um, you know, and everyone else is solid, but. You know, 99 is a guy that you want to keep an eye on. 98 um, is a guy you want to keep an eye on. He's the one that's really blowing stuff up. And it's going to be fascinating to see how he does now that he's the guy to to stop. I mean, he couldn't stop him last year. So the way he's able to quickly get into the backfield, quickly diagnose and go and chase the play, going either going away or coming toward him, uh, he can pressure the quarterback. So, yeah, he's going to be a problem up front for Oregon. So you talk, even though he may not be matched up one-to-one, um, with foresight, it's going to be interesting to see how they, you know, either slide protect or what they have in store for him to keep him out of the backfield. And Nolan Smith, the linebacker, I think is a, a classic run and chase guy. You know, he's another one of these Georgia players that, that plays a physical brand. So when he arrives, you know, he's arriving with some funk behind him. So I'm excited to see how they they shut down his run game, uh, potential run game of Oregon, because if they don't do that, then it could be a problem. You can't give Oregon a two-way go. Georgia's favored by 17 and a half, Emory. What do you think? I'm laying those points with Georgia. Um, they still have, you know who's the, you know who is the 2020 early running for 2022 America's quarterback? Stetson Bennett. You know, the reigning national champion Stetson Bennett and his Georgia Bulldogs. Now, granted, the receiving core is going to look different, but they have like five tight ends. And so they can put all five out there if they want to. They're legit studs at tight end. It's hard to cover a tight end, let alone three to four tight ends. So I expect Oregon to struggle with the run game. I expect them to struggle trying to cover. I do like Noah Sewell, um, you know, the outstanding linebacker, uh, Panay Sewell's brother. But man, he's gonna have to he's gonna have his hands full stopping the run game, the downward run game, and they're gonna have a problem stopping these tight ends. These tight ends are ridiculous. All right, so now we got Notre Dame at Ohio State, which is interesting. Exact same spread. You know, if you look at DraftKings Sportsbook, Notre Dame is getting 17 and a half points. And I know they have some studs. Tight end Michael Mayer, Dean Isaiah Foskey, both those guys are projected first-round picks. Why don't we start with Mayer, Emery? Mayor is is he could you could plug him in right now, uh, just give him an NFL uniform and he looks like he he's a five year vet, 
And so I feel like that's the guy that he, he's gonna he's gonna be a first round tight end. You know, if there's gonna be a tight end taken in the first round again, I don't know the eligibility of, of Bowers for Georgia. Who knows how, who's? A, I mean, they still have Bo Nix listed as a junior. Who knows what everybody is, right? But I know Meyer is someone that's going to be a first-round tight end for sure uh, because he's he's a blocker. He can catch the ball well. He gets down the field with ease. He's just a fluid athlete, just a really good overall football player. And Foskey is someone um, – I think his his uh, speed to power is really is really good. You know, he's a you know top-down pass rusher where he's going to get great ball get off. He's going to either beat you with a one-arm stab – He's going to power you through to the quarterback. He's not going to get himself stonewall. He's got good core strength. Maybe have to work on his flexibility a little bit, but I just like the ball get off. I like his ability to use his hands and use his length. Um, they list him at 6'5", 260. So in reality, by the time the combine comes, he may be 6'4". Um, so either way, you could stand him up. You could put his hand in the ground. Some say he's a, a Daniil Hunter comp. Um, I can see some of that, but I just like his ability to stand up and be a little bit more fluid than Hunter would be as a stand-up guy. But I do think he's one of the top-tier pass rushers in the class. For Ohio State, you know, it's interesting. Some people have C.J. Stroud as number one quarterback. Some people like Bryce Young. Uh, You like Anthony Richardson. Still others really like Will Levis. What were your thoughts on C.J. Stroud? I forget, Emery. It's, uh, he's my number two quarterback, and was I like him a little bit more than Bryce Young. Um, now, it's it's funny because it's levels to it. Uh, and how I grade them was, you know, it all depends on how you watch. So for, before I got to Anthony Richardson, C.J. Stroud was my number one, you know. And so I get to Richardson, I was like, okay, I see the potential, see the upside, but put him number one. And, and Stroud, to me, just his placement, is consistent in the short to intermediate area of the passing game. He thrives in that in that regard. He's not the explosive athlete Bryce Young is or Anthony Richardson is, but he just distributes the football really well uh, and consistently. And he got better as the season went on. So he was playing his best at season's end. So you have to like that trend to continue coming into this season. And we know he has a, a bevy of weapons. Marvin Harrison Jr. is a true sophomore. Jackson Smith and Jigba, who is another pro prospect we'll, we'll talk about, is there. He's a more explosive version of Michael Thomas. Um, so the chemistry is already there with the receiving core. The offensive line is going to be retooling a little bit, but they still have studs up, up front. This is Ohio State we're talking about. So Stroud, to me, is someone that can take that significant step forward. A lot of people have questions and, and justifiably about you know how good can Stroud be or how good is he or is he a product of you know the best offensive line best scheme uh in the Big Ten and you have those same questions you had about you know uh Dwayne Haskins or Justin Fields you know CJ Stroud you know, are, they are not getting accosted in the pocket you know they have all day to throw but you just look at the certain traits that he has and it's the placement that makes him uh, a special prospect. You mentioned Jackson, Smith, and Jigba. It's unbelievable with them having Garrett Wilson go 10th overall, Olave 11th overall, that Jackson, Smith, and Jigba actually led them in catches last year. 
But there's some thought, Emery, that maybe he's not as explosive as the other two or not as highly sought after of a prospect. Well, that's why I went with the comp of an explosive version of Michael Thomas. You know, Thomas is not a burner, um, but he's a physical guy that catches everything underneath. And the thing that's different between he and also Smith and Jigba, I feel like uh, Jackson has better run after the catch skills. So it shows his ability to really power through and accelerate. So, yeah, while they may not be the savvy route runner as a Chris Olave or, you know, the 50-50 guy um, like Garrett Wilson was, you know, with the arrogant hands, but he's still a very good wide receiver in his own right. I mean, he had, what, a 1,000 yards in that Rose Bowl game against Utah? So, and Utah knew that's the guy that they're going to, and they still couldn't stop him. So he's still a very good prospect. Um, and he's whether you think of him as a first-round talent or a high second-round pick, you want him on your football team, and he's going to be productive as a rookie. What do you think about this spread, Emery? 17 and a half that Notre Dame is getting. Wow, that's a lot of points to give the Irish, man. Yeah, it, it, it ties to the – shift in who you think the better quarterback is and clearly it's Ohio State and that's carrying this point spread I believe so I'm gonna lay these points with Ohio State uh Notre Dame no Brian Kelly even though Marcus Freeman is the fantastic coach so we saw in the bowl game you know they they really jumped out well against Oklahoma State and then the Cowboys came roaring back so I think that is also hanging in the minds of a lot of you know this this point spread you know, now you have that scenario versus a much better team in Ohio State, so I can understand it. So I am still wait and see for me. So I'm going to lay these points with the Buckeyes. Wow. All right. Utah, Florida. Utah is favored by three at Florida, which is interesting. And they got a couple skill guys, Cam Rising, the quarterback, and the running back, Tavion Thomas. Yeah. Rising is uh, rising. In terms of you know being a prospect, everybody is talking about Cam Rising uh, from Utah. You like his feistiness. You like his ability to compete. You know he he fits perfectly. Uh, in, you know as the quarterback of a Kyle Whittingham football team. So yeah, I, I I like him. I like what he brings to the table. He's gonna you know give them a chance in every game. Um, he's more of the what we call a gamer. Now Thomas is someone that has just a nice fluidity within this game. It's not, it's not like a Marshall Falk fluidity, but more of a Mark Ingram fluidity. Like he, he keeps the, the offense on, he keeps the run game on pace. He's very decisive in his moves and he waits to the last minute to make those moves. So he'll make that cut at the last possible moment, but without losing speed and he'll maintain that speed all throughout the play, he's he's a, a thickly built runner, so he's going to power through some arm tackles and get into the end zone. So they got a, an excellent one-two punch, and um, that's why they're favored because their offense and the, the physical nature of what uh, they bring to the table, juxtaposed to the wild unknown in a lot of people's mind, the Florida Gators. Let's get to the Florida Gators. Uh, we've talked about Anthony Richardson a lot. I didn't realize he had that few attempts last year, but you think he's the number one quarterback out there? Listen, man, I I implore everyone to go watch the LSU game because you got the perfect snapshot of 
what he is as a player, his potential as a player, and where there are areas where he has to work on. So it was a perfect game to watch, you know, because he got a lot of snaps in that game. Um, And you see someone that checks the height, weight, speed box. You see someone that checks the mental toughness box. You see someone that checks the box of uh, physically being imposing and tough too. So I think this dude clearly is going to be the the number one prospect in the country or, or, you know, quarterback. Um, I think he's someone that you got to put in the same breath as Bryce Young. I have him significantly over a Will Levis and paired him up with Billy Napier and what I know of Billy Napier and that offense and how they're going to run. We talk a lot about Levi Lewis and the impact he had for that Louisiana program. You get a supercharged version of that in Anthony Richardson and behind a very good offensive line coached by Rob Sale, who was a terrific coach uh, for Georgia, terrific coach for my Louisiana Raging Cajuns and was a terrific coach, in my opinion, for the New York Giants last season. So he's now back in the college game. And, you know, they bring in Osiris Torrance, who is one of the best offensive linemen in the country. Um it has already made a significant impact on that offensive line for the Florida Gators. So you're running behind, you know, tremendous talent. You got really good depth in the backfield. Um, another raging Cajun uh, is a transfer running back over there too. So, um, and you have a supercharged quarterback. That's a dual threat, a true dual threat, you know, two 75 yard touchdown runs on his resume, uh, another 50 plus rushing touchdown. Um, I, I want to say it was against, uh, you know, FAU or whoever they were playing in the swamp where he had another big run. So for me, yes, him and O'Torrance or Cyrus Torrance is, is who to watch for the Gators. Right now, Emery, I'm looking at DraftKings Sportsbook and Utah's laying two and a half. The line is now Utah laying two and a half. What do you think? DraftKings will just listen to this this live stream of, of this pie. <laughs> It was like, man, Emory's making some points. So let's, let's drop it a half a point. And, yes, you take Florida in the points in this game. The reason why Utah is favorite is because no one knows about Billy Napier, and they think Florida in terms of what they saw last year. No, 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 no. This team will be able to run the football as a byproduct. Their defensive line, their run game will be tough, which is key in this game. You have to be able to stop Utah's ability to run the football. You want to make this a Cam Rising versus Anthony Richardson game. And if you're Florida and are able to do that, that's a win for you. And I do think it will be a win for them. I'm taking Florida in the points. Last but not least, Houston at UTSA, Emery. Let's start with Houston. Clayton Toon's been there for a while, the quarterback, and the D-lineman, D'Anthony Jones. Yeah, Toon is someone that, bro, he was someone that was a senior in 2020. You do the math. So when he's back, you get experience. You get someone that has a, a nice arm, like legit can drive the football wherever he wants to. So the experience is what people are excited about. Houston, Houston's ranked 24th, uh, you know, coming into this, this, this ball game. So they're a ranked top 25 opponent. And D'Anthony Jones, I think it, He's they're now falling into the, the category of sight unseen. When you talk about Houston defensive linemen or edge players, you talk about uh Marcus Davenport, who is you know, it was UTSA, but you, now you think about his teammate now with the Saints in uh Peyton Turner. You think about what you see right now in Jones. 
This is someone that's going to, you know, Houston D lineman, Ed Oliver, sight unseen. I'm, I'm going to start to trust Houston D lineman. And if Davenport can, you know, sprinkle some of that over to UTSA, then you can start trusting those guys as well. For whatever they do, they recruit well up front. So Jones is another one that's, that's coming off the edge, versatile, fluid athlete, um, you know, has a good football IQ as well. So I like the two prospects for Houston. And, and for UTSA, Frank Harris, the quarterback, been there is about as long as Clayton Toon has for Houston. He's someone I if and, and again, I've said this before in, in like 75 different ways, right? So hopefully people that are watching and listening are gonna get the point. If I'm the USFL or the XFL, Frank Harris is the type of guy that I would want to go and target. And I would approach him as soon as their bowl game is done with a contract in hand. Come play with us right now in the spring and let the NFL reevaluate you after playing some good spring football because he's the type of guy, dual threat player, uh, great leader, um, you know, finds the first down every time he's aggressive in how he plays. He throws for the sticks. He's able to run for first downs um, and has that good mental aptitude to really take control uh, of a game. And his receiver has the same type of mindset as Zachary Franklin. Franklin is someone that to use to steal uh, Jalen Rose's, you know, slogan, irrational confidence. You love that about Zachary Franklin because he is someone that thinks that he can catch every pass thrown his way, that no DB can cover him, that no DB is physical enough to out-physical him. And when you have all of that combined with a team that, you know, yes, they're losing to Sarah McCormick, they're tremendous tailback, but they've recruited well, they're confident, they are one of the favorites in Conference USA this year, in my opinion. And Houston better be on upset alert here uh, against the Roadrunners. Houston laying the four. What do you think? I just laid it out, Ross. I just made the case for the Roadrunners. So take UTSA and the points. This is a game that UTSA would kind of use as you know how you know how it is, Ross. They're not talking about us. Everyone is against us. You know they're coming in our house. They think they're going to walk all, all over us. I feel like all of that. You know, and it's a it's listen, Texas recruiting is is a different animal. And if you could beat an in-state guy and have that leg up out there on the road recruiting, I think it's a win. And if you're a program like UTSA, you want these type of wins. So I'm going with the road runners. Check him out on social media at F Ball Game Plan, football game plan on YouTube. You might as well just sign up for the footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide now. Make sure you're following us at Ross Tucker NFL at Ross Tucker Pod to get the free Madden and eight o'clock Eastern Time Thursday night Alabama A and M UAB. I will be on the call of that one on CBS Sports Network. Looking forward to it. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and The Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.